Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan, again. And today we've got a fantastic guest, actually. We've got Elise Riley. Hello, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for jumping on. I just want to note at the start of this episode, too, um, I met you back in the Sunshine Coast at the Morgan T. Nelson event. Every time I've seen you since then, I can feel your energy every time, like your presence is held within the room. And like I, myself, and I can see other people just being around you feel uplifted. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries at all. So um, I guess just to give our listeners here a bit more of a background on yourself, would you like to run us through about where you grew up or potentially what you're doing now as well and the work that you're doing? Yeah, cool. So originally I'm from Melbourne and I moved up to the Gold Coast in May last year. And that's where I met you, uh, Ryan, when I went to the Sunshine Coast for a weekend trip that ended up being a week. I um, bumped into a beautiful brother, Todd Jarrett, and he Mm. mentioned this event um, about success and how to grow your business and uh, find clarity in your life. And I was like, oh, well, I'm here. I may as well just go. And I thought it was going to be some old guy speaking about how to get rich and all these things. And anyway, I rocked up and it was Morgan. And I was like a little bit triggered because you know he was so outgoing and jumping around like a crazy person. And and I was sitting at the back quite introverted. Um, and he said this thing, uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. And where else in your life are you playing small and I was like oh hell no (laughs) so I started like showing up uh ever since that day and Morgan's been a close friend and mentor for me and I met you on that day and we ended up doing the dream out loud method together which is like Mm. a three-day transformational event and that for me really just helped I guess my confidence and self-belief in what it is that I wanted to do because ever since I moved to the Gold Coast, I've been dancing with this goal, right? Mm, So for those of you listening, um, I originally was a personal trainer and nutritionist and I was quite successful in that industry. Like I was a six-figure business owner by the age of 20. And so for me, I finding that clients were coming to me. However, I felt guilty because they weren't getting results. And it wasn't because I wasn't doing anything wrong or I wasn't uh, teaching them the wrong things. I was quite making sure of keeping up to date with all the latest uh, Mm. information and things like that. However, the thing was the root cause of no results is usually their mindset. And so- I, find, I found I had a modality kind of missing because I was focusing on nutrition and training. However, most people need that assistance and guidance with their mindset. And mm. so that's when I started delving deep into personal development and figuring out why we do the things that we do and say the things that we say. And why do we say that we want to lose weight, for example, and then don't do the things involved in that? And yeah. so- that kind of led me down this journey of where I'm at now hearing about uh, before I moved to Gold Coast, I heard about 
that there's this thing as a mindset coach for athletes and that just hit my soul and I was like whoa that yeah. is what I want to do uh you know that feeling when you just know yeah and 100%. so it's been at the back of my mind ever since I moved and then yeah I think especially after working with Morgan and having him as one of my mentors it's really just helped me come to realize that I am so ready to do yeah. that and so, yeah, for the past couple of months, I've just delved deep into becoming an athlete mindset coach. And, yeah, that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's honestly, like, I wish I started doing it sooner. That's bloody amazing. I love to hear that. And going back as well to when you're doing PT, what was a common limiting belief that you found people struggled with in terms of losing weight? A common limiting, to, uh, common limiting belief. I would say each individual is so different. A, a really common one is I'm not good enough. And this, what it looks like is a client coming to me asking, okay, Elise, I need your help. I would like to lose weight. I want to be this way. When I'm this way, I'll be happy. The first question I usually ask is, okay, why is that important to you? Yeah. And then usually it's like, because I want to feel confident in my skin and I say, okay, well, why? Well, yeah. Why do you want to feel confident in your skin? What is that? And really digging deep to find like the root of why that that client is there and what made them go, all right, I need to make this change and I need Elisa's help. What is that one thing? And usually for a lot of people, it's that extrinsic motivation, the mm. unconscious mind running away from pain towards pleasure and that pain usually is not feeling good enough for their partner or, or not being able to uh, feel comfortable in a bikini because they're comparing themselves to other women. Like I usually um, used to work with a lot of women and then running towards that pleasure, which is that external validation and all that kind of stuff. So that is usually I found that was the most common limiting belief that came up for just general population clients wanting to lose weight, yeah. And that's the beauty of having the coach as well because sometimes we can have limiting beliefs that we're not even aware of from the conscious level. So when we have a coach that can help us peel back the layers and get to the core and the fundamentals and the reasons why we feel this way or why we feel like we can't overcome a certain challenge and having someone that can guide you through that, especially like, you know, working one-on-one with a coach is it's beautiful work that you can do. And also, you know, everyone benefits from it as well. It's like it's a – awesome line of work you can get yourself into yeah 100 uh, percent. i think having a coach is uh, is something that everyone should at least give a go at some mm. point in life. yeah yeah definitely like at the moment i'm working with a coach and i can just see the growth like because i try to do things by myself before but having a coach to help me guide mentor me through challenges also having um, certain strategies in place and learning from their mistakes as well to able to implement them in my day-to-day -to, -day to actually get to where I want to go to. Yeah, I think, well, personally, speaking from personal experience, mm. I don't like doing things slowly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like an all-in person and I have a giant mission. Mm. And uh, like you said, you can feel my energy when you walk in a room and that, 
like positive impact that I'm able to have on people. It's so important to me. And I know that more people need to be around that. And I have a lot to share with people on how they can be that for themselves. So Mm. it's like, I don't have time to muck around and having a coach, it's like, hiring someone that has already learned the lessons so that you don't have to make those mistakes. And it's like having someone almost look at uh, your life from a different perspective so that sometimes your blind spots that you may not see are identified through them and therefore you can move through them faster and be like, okay, you you fall over, you dust yourself off, you've got that like hand to pick you up and be like, yeah, you're all right. And then you can keep going. And that's why I think having a coach is really important. 100%. And like majority of the time, the value that you get out of it is so much higher than the price that you pay for it. Because sometimes, speak like personal experience, I've been in the phrase from price tags, but I still went and purchased the program. And then I'm like, well, like, yeah, I forget about the price tag right away because the value I'm getting from it's just like, this is amazing. Like I'm excelling so quickly. So what? What would you say drives you at the moment? What would you? Uh, what would what drives me? Okay, uh, there's more, a lot of things. I would say, on like a chunked up version mm. of my vision, it's just being a service to others and helping people find peace within themselves and helping others see that, like the ideas that come through there for you and to hold on and follow them Mm. with like absolute uh, determination because like your dreams are your dreams for a reason. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I relate to that heaps as well. Um, What would you say, we'll probably say this question specifically to athletes because this is who you're working with at the moment, but what would you say the importance is of rest? not just physical, but mental as well. Okay. Um, resting. I, it really depends on the individual what rest really looks like. However, I'll teach you something. So yeah. we have motivation and then we have the opposite, which is like what's the first word that comes to mind when I say what's the opposite of motivation? Mm. All right. We've got like- lazy. Yeah, lazy, sitting down, um, yeah. unproductive. Yeah. So uh, in the, today's society, there's so much like positive stigma around motivation, which is great. And then there's also a lot of negative connotations around being lazy. Mm. And so mm. honestly, it's just a describing word. <laughs> yeah. But motivation, there's a positive and negative. Thinking of, thinking of it like a battery, on one side, we have the positives of motivation. We get things done. We are like usually energized and progressing. Mm. Right? There's actually also negatives too. So have you ever, if you're listening to this right now, have you ever been so motivated and you're like you're kind of just going, 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 going towards your mission or a project that you're working on and then kind of get to like the nearly the end phase, right? It's uh they call it um, like conscious uh, conscious incompetence kind of thing. Mm. And so you're consciously aware that you're not 
quite there yet and that can be quite taxing. And so here is where we usually burn out if we keep going and if we push through as an athlete, you might get injured, exhaustion, emotionally, like lashing out on the people closest to you. So then we have lazy and that we all know that if you're lazy, right, you're not getting anything done, it's boring, it's all these like negative words attached to that. However, there's also some positives as well and it's all about changing your perspective. The positives can be that you rest, rejuvenate, recover, it's like a reset. Yeah. And within this, it it allows you to like have that ebb and flow and go into that parasympathetic nervous system where your body can recover and then when you are ready, you go and go back to doing all the things that you need to do again and in that motivation. So it's important to have a balance of both because we all know it's like that law of polarity, right? Um, where you want to have balance because there's no give without take and mm. having that yin and the yang energy. Yeah, the yin, the yang, because I learned that as well from um, Todd Jarrett. And he was like to me, so he saw me, this is about a year ago. He just saw me like quite and quite hustling, but I thought I had to do. And he was like, brother, you work hard, but you need to rest harder. So if you then rest harder, you're going to fatigue and burn yourself out. You end up, end up back at square one because when you're working this hard, make sure you put and rest harder on top of that. And like from there on, like me personally, I can see the benefits from doing that resting, like meditation and getting good sleep, doing the breath work before I sleep so I can get deeper REM sleep and things like that. And I can actually be more productive throughout my days. Yeah, 100%. Well, there's being busy and there's being productive. And sometimes, mm. If you're so much in that yang energy of like going, 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 hustle mode, and that's great because it it is needed sometimes. However, if you're so far like on that pendulum swing, there is no balance. And that's when we get like, it's almost like as an athlete, when you're in flow state and you need to have, especially like you said, you played a high level soccer before Ryan, before we got on the call, that you need to have some sort of hype going in. Mm. But if you're true hyped, you're probably going to be feeling anxious, nervous, scattered. Yeah? yeah. And so it's finding that happy medium for you specifically. And it's going to look different for everyone, but having some sort of balance where you can flow back the other way, be creative, receive, rest. Like some people's rest will look different. However, what is that to you? And then finding like that, the flow between both. Yeah. The amount of ask, what does rest look like for you? Sorry, what was the question? What does rest look like for you? What does rest look like for me? Yeah. Rest for me is like going to get a massage, like going, walking to the beach, like, yeah, being at the beach, reading, meditation. It's very much like flow and relaxing. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm in a phase of like doing, mm. uh, especially with the w- work that I'm like working on at the moment with athletes. It's very much like go, go, go. However, before I kind of transitioned into that, I had a huge time period where I was in that flow. So it's kind of evened itself out, which is cool. Yeah, that is good. And with the meditation as well, like how long have you been doing that for in the breath work? 
Mm, yeah, I love that. Uh, breath work, not very long. Like I had no idea what breath work was before I moved to Queensland. Mm. Uh, in Melbourne, uh, 2020, I went through a pretty rough time, like I'm sure many of us did. And I would be walking for like three hours a day trying to figure things out. Mm. <laughs> and I'd be listening to podcasts on double speed, trying to find the answer to my problems. And I remember one day I just got so angry. I just took out my headphones and just walked in silence. And then I just almost like looked up to whatever, whatever it is up there, right? Whether it be God, source, universe, whatever Mm. everyone believes in that is listening to this. For me, I believe in a high power source that works with us, right? And so I kind of looked up to the sky. I was like, what do I do? And I just had like a clear audience experience where the word was meditate. Mm. And then the excuses come in. Oh, I don't have time. Blah, 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 blah. And so it was just repeating, meditate, meditate, meditate. So from that day, I just started doing one minute. And then I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And I did five minutes and then 10 minutes and then 15, 20. And so then, like, I was showing up every single day doing that for myself. And from from doing that practice and disciplining my mind to just focus on one thing, Mm -hmm. that allowed me to receive the answers that I was looking for. Yeah. And... So I've been doing it every day since. I don't do it for hours on end. I just do like mm, at the moment I'm doing like 10 to 20 minutes. It depends. Yeah, it can kind of vary. Yeah, and then I moved to the Gold Coast. The Literally the second week I got here, I met my really close friend Hillary and she invited me to this breathwork thing on the beach and I was like okay like I'm that person that is just a yes person yeah or um like a, a yes or not now or like kind of thing I never I know and I rocked up and it was cool to be conscious on the beach with Rue and Rye and I started doing that my thing and I had a really beautiful experience. I was like, this is really cool. So it started showing up every single week. For me, it was great because I was able to meet people through that process. Yeah. Uh, especially not knowing anyone on the coast. It was really great for me. And yeah, I, I use breath work with my athletes and the programs that I do run. Uh, however, for me, it's something that I use sparingly. Like if I find that I am thinking a lot, then I'll use it. However, like 80% of the time, I don't go like hard on breathwork to something that I, yeah, I prefer to actually just meditate longer kind of thing. Yeah, it's so beautiful that you mentioned that you started off from doing like one minute, two minute, five minute, 10 minute, and you actually built it up. Because I think when myself as well, when you get into meditation, this, I had such high expectations at the start. Like I've got to sit here, I've got to zen out, I've got to be at peace, and I've got to sit here for like an hour. But then once I realized that I've just got to sit, observe my thoughts, and build it up the time duration of it, 
then you'll end up getting the benefits from it long term. So like now when I meditate, I just fall into the peace and in the moment of it, just a lot more quicker now. But having that as a daily practice is huge for me too. And also with the breath work, it's amazing. But I don't do like the full hour every day, but I do do just like the cooler be conscious daily. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it's like a tool that I use also with clients that I work with, but no, I don't do it like every single day. But when I feel like the moment is needed, now I can present that to the client and see if they want to go through that because it is a very useful tool for people to have in their tool belt. Yeah, 100%. I think it's something like it's just another modality to add. And I think it's going to, like mindfulness and presence is going to look different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And especially with athletes as well, like a lot of them when they hear mindfulness or um, yeah, being present in the moment, it's like automatically we associate that with sitting cross-legged meditating, mm-hmm. you know, and with our crystals and yeah. all these. However, like meditation doesn't have to be that and it, it really is just getting to know oneself. That's what it means. And so how can you be fully present with yourself? And sometimes that can just be like, staring at the clouds or like mm. just laying in the grass or going for a walk without headphones on and or driving your car to work but not listening to anything and just being like that is the key yeah being with your own thoughts and observe observing them as well what i found huge is too because like you can get so distracted with so many auditory things in our life that can take us away from our internal and what we actually process and understand on a daily basis. But then once we start, once we start putting the focus within and stop listening to auditory things, we can actually get through a lot of things like per se negative intrusive thoughts. Like back in the past, I'd have negative intrusive thoughts, but once I started going internal starting to understand myself and connect with myself, those thoughts end up leaving me over a certain period of time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what would you say, I like asking this question, what would you say your definition is of self-love? Definition of self-love. Okay. Yeah, like what does it mean for you? I love that. Hmm. For me, it's accepting all parts of yourself. Mm. knowing that we all are light and we all also have shadows because like without shadows there is no light right so knowing that the there's the yin and the yang energy and there is a balance and you can't have one without the other so self-love to me is really just self-acceptance Mm. and no judgment of yourself will mirror back in your reality as no judgment as of others. So whoever you come into, like, connection with in your reality, knowing that if they are triggering you, they're only your reflect- you're only your reflection. So mm. <laughs> then it's, it's almost exciting because it's another way to get to know you on a deeper level that's what i would say yeah nice that's amazing and also when you said just then like everything is a reflection of you and once you have that perspective on life 
you accept things a lot more easier, which then when you accept things, your life just flows easier. Like if you find the trigger within someone or a situation or an event, bring that question within and ask yourself why. And once you ask yourself why, you get the answers. <laughs> life just becomes a lot more of a flow state. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So how would you say, how did you, how do you like raise your energy when you have days where your energy is feeling low and you know, you want to get to that upper state? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a thing in NLP, it's called anchors. And this is uh, what I do a lot with my athlete clients. Uh, So it's almost like where you have a certain thing that triggers an emotion. So let's say for me personally, I have a playlist that I listen to like every time I'm like wanting to get things done with business and like almost thinking about my vision, what drives me forward, my goals, and I get really motivated listening to that. And I know whenever that's on, like that I'm going to be okay, that it's all mm. going to work out, like everything's happening for me. So if I'm having a, a rough day, I definitely chuck that on because that is anchored into a positive experience. Um, and I guess for me, it's just honouring whatever's coming through or up. Like if I'm tired, mm. but like really delving deep into why specifically, like is it something, like is it the food, is it my sleep, um, is it actually like something in my experience has like had an effect on me and how can I then switch and be at cause? Yeah. Uh, and really just reflecting on how things are happening for me and really focusing in on what are the things that do raise my energy. Mm. Usually it's getting a good night's sleep, listening to high vibe music, uh, making sure I'm drinking plenty of water, eating, mm. like, fresh produce as well, yeah. just the simple yeah. things, exercise, um, laughing. Like for me, like I'd chuck on like so, uh, get on like TikTok and go through a couple of funny ones or um, like a funny Netflix show, like if I'm needing a laugh or calling, um, calling one of my friends because, you know, for me, that's where I find like my vibe raises because a lot of my friends are quite funny and we can have a good like chat as well. So yeah, finding, I guess my advice for those that are listening, if you are having a off day, really reflecting back on, okay, what's your strategy for when you're having a really good day? Mm. Like, what made that day so good and how can you replicate that today? And that could be the simple things like your sleep, food, exercise, water, things like that. Yeah. Or it could be like your thought pas- patterns, the way you woke up, um, the little like habits and routines. Did you meditate? Did you have your like own mindfulness routine um, in the day? And did you put aside time for yourself and if you've done all those things, it's like, okay, well, what what does elevate you? Like what what brings you joy? What brings you pleasure? And following that. Mm, that's such a good takeaway too, like anchoring a good experience 
and then you can use that on your days, like your off days as well. I'm glad that you mentioned um, laughter in there as well, because laughter is such an important tool. And like, it's something I do daily. Like I listen to this podcast. It's like, it's like a bunch of comedians, but they just essentially just talk nonsense, but I find it hilarious. And it's one of the highlights of my day because like it just gets my day flowing, but also gets me happy. And then when I'm happy, I'm more productive and I can do more things. So implementing yeah. happiness and joy and laughter is yeah, huge. Yeah, definitely. With um, social media, was there ever a point where you, sh- you found it a challenge in terms of being present on there with your face and talking and giving the advice? And if you did, how did you overcome this? Or has it always been something that you felt quite comfortable with? Um, I would say when I kind of started using social media more for business, at the start, yeah, 100%, I was so nervous. Like when I did my mm-hmm. first live video, I pressed live and then I was like, oh, gosh, I, there is no going back. <laughs> <laughs> However, I I guess it's practice makes perfect. Like a, a lot of the messages that I share on my social media currently is all about there's so much hype around confidence and needing to be confident to start mm. when really all it takes is courage. And for me, I went through a phase where anything that scared me, I will do it. <laughs> and I'm still doing that. It's oh. almost like a commitment to myself. It's almost like a green light to go. Yes. Won't you step in that uncomfortable zone and you realize you didn't die and you actually overcame that challenge? You kind of get, I wouldn't say addicted, but you kind of become more attracted to going into the unknown zone because you know the possibilities from it. Mm. And yeah, like sometimes you're going to get knocked down, but Mm. you you get knocked down nine times, you stand up 10. Like you, I believe that not every person, every story and every live that I've done has been amazing. However, because I've done so many now, like when I get on social media, I feel so confident in what I have to say and the message that I have to share Mm. that that I could literally say anything and have like that energy and heart behind the message and know that at least one person will benefit. Yeah. And if one person can benefit from something that I've shared, then my job is done. Yeah, 100%. That's a promise that I made to myself when I first started getting into this all. Like mm. when I was really nervous to post back in the day, I would tell myself, well, you know, if I can just help one person through this story, then like I'm happy. I've made, I've done my job. Mm, I and love I that. Kept going off that, not, not attaching my happiness or um, my my self-esteem my self-worth to the numbers and outcomes and results and mm. engagement on my posts 100 percent, and also like the language that you use and talk to yourself with as well like you want to condition yourself to the person you want to be and the way you can do that is being present in the moment and especially being careful with the language that you use as well yeah definitely well yeah if you 
are wanting something in your life, whether it be like your dream relationship, dream career, dream financial position. It's like, okay, reflecting on who do you need to be in order to receive that. Yeah. And then it's almost like uh, I think Jim Carrey says, it's like be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, be the change you want to see. And it goes back to when you said before, like courage over confidence, have the courage. Because I did a post, I think it was yesterday, about public speaking and back in school like i would purposely avoid doing assignments so i wouldn't have to do the presentation in front of the class and like i always told myself i can't speak in front of people i can't speak in front of people and then i I started questioning myself like oh i might give it a try then once i gave it a go and i realized i survived i started training myself mentally to be like i can do this and building that courage within myself now at a point like i still do get Butterflies obviously getting up on the stage, but I have nothing anchoring me back in a negative sense. It's more so, like you said before, like the positive experience that comes with that anchor when you're stepping into that. Yeah, 100%. And these are all the things that I will be teaching in my Quantum Athlete Academy program. And like anchoring strategies, self-talk, mm. self-dialogue, these are all things that I teach that I believe creates like a quantum athlete, which basically is someone that can embody the change they want to see in the world on the field and off the field and how like bridging that gap between performance and the mind. Mm, yeah. Bridging that gap. Cause at the end of the day, our physical and mental connect. So it's important to realize and understand that and then do the right strategies to keep all that in healthy. Yeah, 100%. I was scrolling for your Insta before and I saw a post about procrastinating. Um, mm-hmm. Do you reckon you could tell us a bit more about that and any tips for people who do procrastinate? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's break that down. You want to know how to stop procrastinating, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, just checking because some people don't want to let go of their problems. Um, so with procrastination, usually like the unconscious, the, the mind, right, is split up into two. So we've got our conscious mind, our unconscious mind. Our unconscious mind is responsible for 95% of the things that we do, our behaviors and what we say. So our unconscious mind will do absolutely anything to avoid pain and absolutely everything to go towards pleasure. So if you have a goal, for example, I do this a lot with my athletes, is they have a goal of becoming the best version of themselves, which usually means playing top-level sport and becoming a professional and getting paid to do what they love. So... There's a reason why you don't have everything you want right now. Like if you think about it, if I was a genie and I could grant you three wishes, what would they be? Like mm. if you're listening right now, like off the top of your head, what would you wish for? And I don't know maybe some of you might be like, oh, a Ferrari, dream house, a million dollars, right? All these things it could be or it could be something else. But let's just use those for example. So... We have that goal, becoming professional and getting paid to play sport. Mm. There's a reason why the athletes are not, are not doing that. There's a reason why you're not doing that right now. 
And it's because there is some sort of pain attached to having what you want. Mm. And the brain, like it might not be conscious. A lot of it is unconscious. So it's figuring out, okay, what are the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from getting towards that thing? Because it doesn't like consciously, it's like, well, playing top professional sport, that would be amazing. There's so much pleasure to that. But really, sometimes there could be limiting beliefs coming up like, oh, I'm not ready yet or I'm not good enough or uh, it's too late for me to play professional sport or what if I succeed and then all my friends don't want to be my friend anymore or I succeed and I'm alone or what if I get rejected or what if I fail? Like there's so many, so many limiting beliefs that can come up in this process uh, that can hold us back from what we want. So if you are a serial procrastinator, if you are procrastinating, the reason is potentially there is a limiting belief attached to the thing that you want. So the next question is how do we stop procrastinating? The next step would be to get the pros to outweigh the cons. So what are the consequences? What are the sacrifices you need to make in order to reach your goal? Because it comes back to the law of polarity without like there's the take, but there's also the give. And so what is it that you need to give in order to get? Yeah, like something has to sacrifice. Yeah, and is it worth it? Mm not worth it stop wasting your time procrastinating and go do something else if it is worth it then it's really just sitting with that and yeah building that momentum by creating more pros and cons Mm. yeah that's um because i was i was at a mastermind last night and he went detail about procrastinating as well it was so interesting to hear you're taking that too because it's all so true and reliable as well and like even myself last night, I'll use myself as an example. Like I had work, finished the podcast, and then I was about to go home. And I was like, there's a mastermind on tonight. Should I just go home and watch Netflix, which I was very tempted to do? <laughs> I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to go straight to this mastermind and because I know what my goal is. I know what my outcomes are that I want in life. And I was like, I can't procrastinate on that because I need to push towards that to live the life I really want. So I made a decision to go. But once you make those sacrifices, you know, um, doesn't mean you sacrifice them forever. It just for now in the short term until you get the outcome that you want. And then obviously through new goals and new outcomes that we set in life, we have to will have to um, sacrifice new things, but that's a lot of different timing. Yeah, exactly. Like clearly your vision is so important to you that sacrificing a night in watching Netflix mm. didn't outweigh. Yeah wanted right so it makes sense to why you didn't really procrastinate on you're like oh well you know it's either netflix or my vision and yeah. i choose choose my vision time. yeah it's one or the other yeah so then you went and did it but i guess sometimes what we really want like what we really really want mm. can be really scary <laughs> like yeah if you have a goal and it doesn't scare you then you're probably playing it safe and in your comfort zone. Yeah. Usually what you really want 
will excite you and scare you at the same time. Mm. And if you're 100% excited only, then it's probably not outside of your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, I love that take. Well, um, so, like with that said, like that comfort zone, it, you're in order to step out of that to go towards what you really want, there may be a little procrastination because you're at the edge. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But that's where the growth is in those zones that you want to tap into and you've got to step into that to go where you want to go. But like you said, when your goals are that big, that which they should be, you're going to fear them. But you've mm. also got to stay consistent and patient on that road going towards them as well. Yeah, 100%. What would you say or could you recommend free books for our listeners and even myself? <laughs> Uh, three books. Okay. Um, the first book that I really ever read when I finished school was Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. Mm. And everyone raves about A Power of Now, but I'm telling you guys, read A New Earth. It's a grind. Like I would say it's highly like intellectual. And so I would read like a, a page or two a night and let it sink in yeah. Um, yeah. because it is it's there's so many concepts and messages and lessons through there that are yeah truly life changing. That really started the ball uh, rolling for personal de- development for me. Um, so that was yeah definitely my first recommendation. Second, uh, anything Joe Dispenza. Mm. I a lot of what I teach is through Joe's work. He is incredible. So anything Joe Dispenza, I'm happy to say that's would be my second. And then I also love like Abraham Hicks, The Law of Attraction. That's really, really beautiful. Mm. I guess it, it's a good insight into how your thoughts create your reality and becoming in the present moment and how important that is to then like attract that of which you want. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. I will check out definitely the um, Underworth because I just finished The Power of Now. So I'm like on the Eckhart Tolle adventure. <laughs> so now that's definitely going to be my next yeah. book. Yeah. you like A Power of Now, like, yeah, A New Earth 10X is that. Well, I'm buying that tonight. <laughs> and do you have any um, closing words or anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Hmm. I guess um, that you're never really ever going to be ready, like 100%. And that if uh, figuring out why you do what you do or why you want what you want will be vital in that progression and momentum. And a lot of the topics that I spoke about today the peak performance strategies, the peak performance mindset, embodiment, uh, knowing your why and going deep into your future. These are all the four pillars of what I'll be teaching in my Quantum Athlete Academy. And it's a program that I'm launching on the 1st of June. And this is the first time I really spoke about it on like a public platform because I'm really hustling behind the scenes to get this out there because it is something that I'm truly, truly passionate about. It's helping athletes go from self-doubt to being fully focused and in the zone because if, like, it 
if you are working in symmetry, like your mind and the skill of your body are working in symmetry and in unison together, that's where you get peak performance and well-being. Mm. And when you're in that flow state, usually like that is where you get the peak performance. And so for me, I think it's so important to be training your mind just as hard as you train your body. Mm. And that is why I do what I do. So, yeah, if if your listeners are interested in knowing a bit more about that, then they can send me a message on Instagram at Elise Riley and we can have a chat further. But, yeah, 1st of June, Quantum Athlete Academy. Oh, wicked. That's exciting. I'm excited for you and the people participating in that. And I'll also chuck all of your stuff in the bio of this podcast for anyone listening. If you want to have more information about that or you want to connect with Elise and find out a bit more of what she does, I'll connect it all in the bio for you. Amazing. Thank cool. you so much, Ryan. No, thank you for coming on. Um, I actually enjoyed this a lot. So thank you. Oh, I'm glad. It's been a pleasure. Me too. <laughs>